Outcasts, it is a cinematic education from one friend to another. I am your host, Mormon Spatola. I am your co-host, Thomas Jernigan, and I believe this is our third episode it is. of Academy Outcasts. Morgan, how have you developed as a person, given that your education has just uh, been enhanced by me and my movie selections? Oh, how have I developed as a person? I feel like I get a lot more pop culture references now so far. You know what? That's a win in my book. I'm glad. I'm glad I was able to <laughs> have you be a little bit more uh, susceptible to pop culture references. Even though we've only done two movies so Even far. Even though we've only done two movies. And you know what? You, you uh, inform me on uh, millennial abbreviations and slang that I, even though as a millennial, don't really know. Because I'm an old fogey, apparently. Uh -huh. But um, I am an old soul. Anyway, I, I call <laughs> okay. movies film cinema. Anyway. So have you been using, like, good, um, good like, millennial terms now? Like, so that you fit more in with our age group? Well, there was this one girl that was really annoying. I called her an SJW. <laughs> and uh, she didn't take too kindly to it. And I looked up what that meant. I was like, uh-oh. I feel like you're using it right then. <laughs> uh oh, yeah. Well, yikes. Anyway, yeah, no, uh, there's been a few metas dropped in my Good. dialogue with people, and they don't know what the hell I'm talking about, Good. so I feel stupid and then shut the hell up. No, you have to, you have to act superior, and then you're like a yes. hipster millennial. So meta, oh, you don't know what meta is? You don't, I'm sorry, what? You, you don't know? Well, <laughs> you know what, if you don't know, I, I shouldn't. Anyway. That was perfect. The awesome Bravo, I'm proud of you. Oh, gracias, gracias. Well, okay, so this is the third episode. Yeah. I believe the first one, we chose Adaptation, which was amazing. Correct. Second one uh, was Mrs. Doubtfire, mm -hmm. and I think uh, we're, we're two and oh. I think uh, you liked all of them. And, so uh, far, so, so good. So far, so good. Yeah. So, uh, I guess at this point, we'll go into another list, unless there's something I'm missing. Well, what I was going to say is, if it's two and oh, but I've been picking the movies, does that mean that I just have really good taste? Well, you're kind of just shooting blindly, but, I mean, maybe. <laughs> what If it's appealing at first, then, and if it's appealing later when you watch it, then sure, yeah. Okay. I'll give you that credit. Sweet. There you go. You heard right. it uh, here first, folks. Yeah. I have good taste. Mm-hmm. From the man himself, anyway. So, let's go over the new list that we have. Please. Um, now, I'm getting worried because I feel like one of these movies I had already mentioned in another list, now if that is the case... Then we'll do some podcast med editing magic. Yeah. I don't know. I'm pretty good at that, so don't yes, worry about she it. she is. She okay. Likes, she likes to cut out awesome things that I do in podcasts. That's right. <clears throat> Thomas is actually really funny, you guys. I just edit out everything that yeah. he says that's funny. And I do great Rick and Morty impressions. Um, but anyway. <laughs> okay. Hit so. me with that list. Yeah. All right. So, um, okay. Here we go. List. I'll say it, you let me know if you've seen it or not, and if not, I'll go into a brief synopsis of Perfect. it. Okay, so the first one, which kind of was mentioned in the last one, but I think it was mixed up with atonement or whatever, but it is A Serious Man. I've heard the name of that movie. Okay. That's it. Okay. <laughs> That's all I've got. You don't know anything about it. No, nothing. Okay. Um, so, uh, Serious Man, it's about a very, uh, orthodox mm, Jewish community, mm. uh, in the Midwest, and, uh, it's really, honestly, I don't even know how to describe it in regards to, uh, the plot. It's, uh, this guy named Larry, he's kind of going through kind of a crisis in his life, uh, life, a wife leaves him and everything like that, and he tries to go through, uh, the, 
I guess the not not the church, but but the the temples or whatever, shul or whatever, um, temple, yeah, any of synagogue, yeah, um, and meet all these rabbis to try to you know help him you know deal with with his life. And there's this weird ambiguous kind of curse that you see at the very beginning um, that you think is uh, you know following this family. And anyway, it goes through a whole bunch of just kind of oddities um, and how this this rather pathetic kind of professor guy gets through life um and uh, anyway it's very jewish very kind of, i mean i what my favorite part of the scene is when they throw up all these names of the actors because they're just very just really hardcore jewish mm-hmm. uh names that i mean you're just like it's so deliciously jewish um which is kind of an odd term but <laughs> but yeah and, I again, like it. and and there's so so much like yiddish and, and just hebrew mm-hmm. that's like thrown in there um, and just a, a lot of like, I feel like it was like educational for me um, as a non non Jew to to, li- to look uh, and like listen to this movie and we watch this movie. We call them Gentiles. The Gentile, yes, the the guys, the guys. Yeah, um, so I'm a guy. Um, um, so yeah, so I don't know if our listeners know I am Jewish. Um, yeah. And so as a Jew, do you think I need to see this to like solidify my my Judaism? I think my if, Jew cred, if I, you will. I think if you haven't, you would uh, not be a mensch. I was going to make some. Stupid Yiddish. Not how you use that word. No. Yeah. Okay. So I failed, and maybe I should say it again uh, to uh, update my whatever. Anyway, right, so next, yes. Next film. Next film. And I, I can't believe this hasn't been in the list, but Silence of the Lambs. Silence of the Lambs. And I, you know, I know you've heard of it. I know about this movie. It is about. Okay, the main character's name is Buffalo Bill, actually. Right? Yeah. Or no? Not the main character. The main. A character, yeah. Okay, well, so I'm telling you why I think it's Okay, wrong. okay, okay. A guy named Buffalo Bill puts a girl in a hole, and he gives her <laughs> the lotion. Put the lotion in the mask. Yeah, and he says, puts the lotion on the skin, yeah. and probably murders a lot of people at some point. Yeah. And that is what I know, and apparently my sewing room looks like the Silence of the Lambs room. Yes, it does. Home. So. When he's making his transition, and then he dances to a weird, creepy song and does something with his junk. Anyway, so um, it's it's a very very weird but awesome movie. Some people consider it one of the best films ever made. Um, Nineteen ninety one, Anthony Hopkins uh, won Best Picture. I believe the first horror film to win Best Picture. It's it's unparalleled. It's an amazing movie. Um, you would not be remiss to. I feel like if I watch that movie, a lot of other pop culture jokes will suddenly make more sense. I think sense. so, too. It's like, I ate his liver with some fava beans and a nice Chianti. Yeah, I've, like, heard, yeah. Yeah. And, like, I've literally heard that before somewhere else. Yeah. Not and, from you. And, like, and not from that movie. <laughs> and, like, so I'm just saying. Like, Clarice. Hello, Clarice. Anyway. Yeah. All right. Anyway, next. No, so one that I it'd be weird watching with you. Okay. Um, <laughs> it's um, I'm scared. Yeah, I know. It's it's a it's it's a porno. No, but oh. it is rated MC seventeen. Oh, geez. Because you see just you know full you know dong just swinging around just half the, the movie. Dongs. Um, anyway, it's about this guy Michael Fassbender. He's been another. I don't know if that's a familiar name for nope. you. Nope. Oh God. Um. Anyway, so. I, well, I'm not going to get into Michael Fosmeter, who's a great actor. Anyway, so um, um, it's about a guy who you know has a great job, lives in New York, very successful, but he is by definition a sex addict, and wow. he really like needs to have that shit constantly. And um, his younger sister comes into town, needs a place to crash, 
and he tries to deal with having his younger sister there. Anyway, it's, it's an amazing movie. Very under-the-radar film. Wait, what's it called? Shame. Shame. S-H-A-M-E, yeah. And okay. It's, um, and it's great. The music is fantastic. Um, and just how it was directed. It was it was uh, Steve McQueen's really just kind of breakout role. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, so. When did that come out? 2011. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So okay. it was relatively new. Never heard of it. Yeah, it's, it's a great movie. Um, next. Next. And you've seen this, I believe, um, mm-hmm. hung up on my wall. Oh. Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. I've seen that movie. You have? Yes. Okay, good. Yeah. Um, I had a friend. I have a friend. Uh, my, my best friend. Uh, she's a journalism major, and I feel like this movie... Not movie, the but the... The one that moved away. The book. Yeah, that's the okay. one that moved away. My best friend forever, uh, Emily, uh, she uh, read that book. I also read the book when we were in 7th or 8th grade. Yeah, I feel like that's not a book you should be reading at that age, but I also feel strongly that it actually um, inspired her to go on and become a journalism oh, major. Oh, yeah. And she's, journalism and everything. And yeah. she's a professional journalist now. Um, mm-hmm. And so that, that movie, um, I saw the movie. It was good. Um, you know, it's not as special to me as it is to some people, but it's special to me because it is special to one of my friends. Yeah, okay. And so I have seen that movie okay. and I've read the book. And Hunter S. Thompson is a crazy he's person. A, he's an idol of mine. Yeah, yeah. for I've, sure. I've, I've, one of my first books that I really read from beginning to end was The Rum Diary. So Sweet. you've seen that. I'm glad. Yep. Uh, on to the next one. Uh, a little Denzel Washington film called Man on Fire. Nope. Oh, Man on Fire. Nope. If you do not cry at the end of that movie, you are not human. Oh, Creasy Bear. So Denzel Washington, it's by... Tony Ridley, which uh-huh. is the deceased brother of Ridley Scott. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Tony Scott, who is the deceased brother of Ridley Scott, who did Gladiator and Alien and a bunch of other huge maker films. He actually killed himself. He actually dr- dr- jumped off no. of the George Washington Bridge or something like that. Anyway, it was um, it was it was bad, but he was a great director. Um, and uh, anyway, so Denzel Washington, he's an alcoholic. He goes down to Mexico. He used to be a bodyguard, and he uh, protects this very wealthy. Um, uh, Hispanic family's um, daughter, um, okay. who is actually the, uh, Dakota Fanning. He was about to kill himself, but Dakota Fanning, this little girl, this little five-year-old girl, like gave him hope in life. Mm-hmm. And so now he's like going on this crazy crusade to like get Go her get back. Her back. And okay. it's just an amazing story. So, okay. Anyway. Oh, all right, next one. I think you'd appreciate this. It is um, a long-running. Broadway play, uh, Les Miserables. Oh, Les Miserables. Yeah. Um, I haven't actually seen the movie. Or the play. Oh, I've seen the play. Okay, good. Oh, believe you me. I've seen the play, and yes. um, another fun fact about me. Another damn Spare me. <laughs> so, fun fact about me, I do the costume design at a local high school for their theater department, mm-hmm. and the biggest one that we've done to date was Les Miserables. I did all the costumes for the high school production of Les Miserables. Jean Valjean. It was a fucking nightmare, and it was so fun. <laughs> it was a nightmare. Oh, because there were just so many, and oh, it, was, yeah. there was, it was the biggest cast we've ever. It would be fun to like get some. Oh like, no, it was great. Colonial no. French. Oh type yeah. Shit. yeah, yeah, it was great, and it was also a nightmare only because there were just so many actors in oh, the yeah. in the play. It was the it's largest a huge cast. Ensemble. Yeah. yeah, the largest cast we've ever had. And um, here is my unpopular opinion. Uh oh. I don't How dare you. I don't like Les Mis. <laughs> Oh my god! How can you? I know it's 
the classic. The music is amazing. I, yeah. Yeah. Jean Valjean. I'm just not into it. Oh, God. Yeah. So, but that movie, even yeah. though I haven't seen it, has Eddie Redmayne. Yes, it does. And he is my, like, one true celebrity crush, and I love oh, him yeah. so much. Yeah. Anyway. Ooh, I'm excited about this next one. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> What's the next one? <laughs> it's a really happy movie that just puts you in a really great move, uh, mood. Um, Are you being sarcastic? Yeah. Oh. It's 12 Years of Slave. Oh, um, <laughs> God. Okay. So, yeah, it's, but it is... It's like Schindler's List. It's like... It's... Which I also haven't seen. You haven't seen Schindler's List? <laughs> no! <laughs> I thought you had. Like, that's like, no. the reason why I didn't put it on the list. No, like, I know of it. I had so, mentioned like... that movie, I don't know, how many times to you? And you're like, oh, yeah, Schindler's... I yeah, well, like, I know Schindler's List. Like, I know that movie. Like, I know of it. I've never actually watched it. But, like, you know... And you're Jewish? Yeah, it's, like, about the Jews and, like, the guy Schindler has the list and, like, there's the Holocaust happening and they gotta smuggle the people and it's, like, sad or something. You know, like, yeah, I get it. I've never watched it, though. So this is half the reason why we're having these podcasts because it just (laughs) just floors me (laughs) that somebody cannot see Schindler's list, especially... A Jewish, a, Jewish woman. Per, a Jewish woman who, like, observes Passover and everything yeah. like that and hasn't yeah. seen Schindler's List. No, oh, my God. they didn't show that one in Shul. In Shul, yeah. Yeah. God, Liam Neeson's last scene where he starts looking at himself. He's like, I could have given this away. I could have saved one more life, one more life. I could have gotten, I could have gotten one more. And he just breaks down. You see, like, this big, like, strong man. Just like, you know, like nice. Anyway, yeah. Um, cool. Amazing movie. I mean, <laughs> I mean, ugh, God, it should have been on the list. Spielberg can do no wrong. Yeah, well, he can. But, on um, Jernigan's List. Yeah. Instead yeah. of Schindler's List. That's right. Get yeah. it? We have a list. I made a list yeah, joke. Right. 12 Years a Slave. 12 Years a Slave. Same director as Shame, Steve McQueen. Yes. Um, great uh, director. Uh, it's Again, It's it, it should go down in history. Won a lot of Oscars, best picture, um, mm-hmm. based off a real story. Now, here's a movie that, because uh, we only got three more. Okay. Um, that I feel like may have been on another list. And if not, and if you haven't seen this, then you're not a good gay. Oh, oh that's a bold statement. Jesus. That's a bold statement. He's fucking throwing shots already. I'm scared. I am. Uh, I'm scared. The Birdcage. What the fuck movie is this? You haven't heard of The Birdcage? So, hold on. Full stop. Full stop moment. Thomas, the straight man over here, is telling me that I'm not a good gay if I haven't heard of some obscure movie that the straight man has oh, heard of. Oh, this is not an obscure movie, and I can't believe you haven't even heard of it so the as bird, a gay person. So The Birdcage, when I'm... I'm literally, I, this so, is like, I'm more like in like this weird, just odd, I don't even know. Oh my God. Like Schindler's List, okay. But The Birdcage, for you, that's like right up your alley, man. Jeez, Louise. Okay, I'm sorry. I don't mean to gush over this No, show, but... sure. I'm just enjoying it. Oh, You're wow. shocking off. And you haven't even heard of it. No, I've never heard of it. Okay. I wonder if my wife has. I She she better have. She's really good at the gay movies. Okay. Wait, but is it about gay men or gay women? Mm, sort of both. Oh, okay. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. but mostly gay men. Um, that might be why, because right. I'm a lesbian. But okay, Not a gay man. okay. Well, let me tell you the the. the they are the, different. Let me tell you the 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 the, the movie. Okay. okay. You got a little Robin Williams in there. That's right. Um, Is well, he playing a gay man? Yeah. 
<laughs> um, Nathan Lane, who is actually gay and actually came out a few years later as gay. Good for him. That movie, yeah. Um, do you know who Nathan Lane is? Nope. Okay. You'll, you'll you know when you see him. But anyway, so they um, they have a club in uh, uh, Miami. When does it take place? In the early 90s. So just after the AIDS epidemic. Yes. So during so when we talk about gay movies and gay culture and gay media and gay stories and everything else that I can put the word gay in front of, okay. it's really important where it takes place or what time it takes place because there are certain moments in history with the LGBT movement um, that um, you know are are more important than others. Yeah, if, if you I would say so. And so, depending on when it takes place, will actually end up informing a lot of the story. So, if something is taking place during the eighties, you can fucking bet your ass that like AIDS and like shame and fear and um, you know thing, uh, it's going to be a big theme. Yeah. But just after the eighties, so if it takes place in the nineties, like that's going to inform a lot of the theme. Okay. Anyway. Carry on. I might be very interested in this movie. Yes, they have a club in Miami. Be. And you know what? <laughs> I feel like that was very informative and very articulated and something that should be in context. And I also, when you said that, it made me feel bad about saying that you're a bad gay. Well, so thank you. Thank you for that guilt. Did That's, I get my gay cred back? You got your gay cred back. Thank God. That apparently I am giving out. Yeah, um, apparently but, Thomas <laughs> is giving and taking the gay cred, but I but got it back. I mean, this is such, like, the most, like, deliciously gay movie okay. ever. Okay. Anyway, okay, Birdcage is amazing. Anyway, okay. Nathan Lane steals the show. Sure. Um, anyway, okay, so they own a, uh, like, a, a drag club or whatever in Miami and everything uh -huh. like that. And so Robin Williams, um, he has the son. He wants to get married to this girl. This girl is the daughter of a conservative senator from, like, Virginia or something uh -huh. like that. So they need to have... Uh, all of the family meet together, and they are going to meet in um, basically Miami. The big payoff of the movie is that um, uh, Nathan Lane is kind of his mom. Uh -huh. um, he kind of raised him, everything like that. Uh -huh. Again, he, very feminine, very you know, um, you know, kind of I, I don't know, kind of fits the role. I uh -huh. guess you could say. Um, anyway, so. Uh, <laughs> Nathan Lane. It's very Mrs. Doubtfire-ish. Nathan Lane <laughs> dresses up as. Uh, Hal's mom. Hal oh my is, god, is why? And and, ah. and and they try to like entertain this, the uh, the wife's parents and everything like that. And again, just all these things go crazy. But but again, sounds like that, a fucking cluster. It, yeah, it is. It is kind of a clusterfuck. Um, but it's it, it's still just an amazing movie. Again, a little bit again ahead ahead of time. It used to be a play. It was a play at first, oh. and then I think it came out in '95. But anyway, okay. Um, Anyway, I'm just sweet. Sorry, called you a bad gay, Morgan. <laughs> For my little rant about like because LGBT I was history. so I was so convinced that you at least heard of the movie. It's okay, I'm that a bad... I was I was willing to like put it all in. Listen, I'm a bad gay. I'm a bad Jew. You know, it's fine. <laughs> God, we all do these things the way that we need to. This do This is them. Morgan's last podcast. On... <laughs> the last one ever. <laughs> Because I called her a, a bad Jew and a bad gay. Took God. away my cred. Jeez, I feel so bad now. I'm quitting the podcast. No! I'm just kidding. God, okay. We'll be back for another episode. That's I right. promise. Okay, good. Give me another movie. All right, we got two more that we'll, we'll move forward. Okay. Okay, next one. True Romance. Nope. Nope, okay. That sounds like some bullshit, though. Have you heard of Quentin Tarantino? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know his, that guy. It was his first script. Oh! It's all about 
guy falls in love with a call girl and it was the call girl's like third appointment or whatever and she falls in love with him too but she still has like a pimp so the boyfriend goes to the pimp and says like hey she's not working for you anymore and then he's like oh hell no and then they get into a fight and then they get into a shooting match and everything like that but he has to get the girl's thing so he grabs a suitcase but sure enough that suitcase was filled with uh, a million dollars worth of coke Perfect. Um, and then they go to LA, and then the mob follows them, and everything like that. And then it's a whole big cluster of fun. Damn. But anyway, that's Tarantino's that's, first yep. movie. Console. That sounds like a Quentin Tarantino film. Indeed, indeed. Yes. But anyway, it's um, okay. It's 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 kind of romantic. True, True romance. romance. Yes. Interesting. Anyway, uh, next one, Arrival. 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 I've heard of Arrival. Yeah, it's new. Like Came I know. Okay, that's why I've heard of it. Yeah. It's, it's, it's one of the, I mean, I, sometimes it takes a lot for me to get excited about a new film that comes out because it has to have that like sentimentality, sentimentality, sentiment, okay, whatever. I don't um, know. And, um. So it has a guy in it. Um. And there's a girl and there's definitely a love plot storyline. Yeah. And they do arrive somewhere that, there that is, is not the U.S. There is an arrival in the story. And it's not in the U.S. And there's a plot. And, and there's, there's a plot. And there's some lines and dialogue. There might be a plot twist. And there's some characters. Yes. How much did I get right? <laughs> well, given that you just generically summed up every movie, yeah, you got yeah something right. Okay, what is this movie about? <laughs> I've heard of it, but I don't know anything about it. So aliens come to Earth. And what? Yeah, I don't know. It's an alien. It's movie? an alien movie, but it oh sounds corny and cheesy, but it's not. Um, and like it has to deal with like time and relativity and uh, Amy Adams, who's like an expert linguist, linguist, linguist. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then like also also this like mathematic person and everything like that. Yeah. So it's complicated. But anyway, bro. So anyway. Okay. So now here is the time after me ranting and making Morgan feel bad and making me feel bad. No. Nah. In, in turn. No. Nah. Anyway, so uh, let me just go over this one more time. Yes. Pick your movie. Rapid girl. fire. Just go through it really quick. What are they called? A Serious Man, Silence of the Lamps, Shame, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, Man on Fire, Les Miserables, 12 Years a Slave, The Birdcage, True Romance, Arrival. This is a really good list. It is. And I'll be honest, I'm torn between A Serious Man okay. or The Birdcage. Okay. And, yeah, well, no, I was going to say not because of my identity as a person, but yeah, um, absolutely because of my identity as a person. Yes, Because okay. I want to see the Jewish one... <laughs> Yes. And I want to, like... See the bird... Yeah, I, I just want to like see something that reflects I me want you to see and the my bird, culture. I want you to see the birdcage, yeah. but you, you get a lot of Robin Williams. <laughs> I know, and then, then it's like, and then it's like, hey, here's your Robin Williams fan cast. <laughs> I know, really, Hello. yeah. Hello! Um, like, so your Robin Williams cross-dressing <laughs> movie fan cast. Yep, so, so it's, it's up to you. I wanted so, you to pick... Uh, Comedy and drama, whatever, and I understand if it's like a dramedy or whatever, but uh, like 
you know. And so let's pick the one that's dry, more comedy, more serious. Okay. A serious man. A serious man is a serious movie. Little Coen Brothers. All right. Well, we are going to retire and watch a serious man. L'chaim. L'chaim. Okay. Please, I need help. I've had marital problems. Honey, I think it's time that we start talking about a divorce. Larry, we're gonna be fine. <laughs> Professional, you name it. Larry, we've received a number of letters denigrating you and uh, urging us not to grant you tenure. I need help. We're gonna be fine. I've tried to be a serious man. We're gonna be fine. Tried to do right, be a member of the community. We're gonna be fine. Please, just tell him I need help. Please. We're gonna be fine. I need help. We're gonna be fine. The rabbi is busy. He didn't look busy. He's thinking. Don't you want somebody to love? Don't you need somebody to love? Wouldn't you love somebody to love? You better find somebody to love. All right, so we just finished watching A Serious Man and. Lahayam. Now we shall discuss. <laughs> Which I don't know. What is Hebrew for yes? Hebrew for yes is... Uh... Shalom kebab. No. Oh my God. How do you not know? Do you know how to say no? No. Low. <laughs> Low, okay. So I could say no, but not yes, and that's how you know where my priorities are. Okay, so all right. So now I'm going to look it up. You're a no girl. I'm a bad Jew. Apparently. Oh, it's Kane. Sorry. It's Kane? Kane is yes. Low is no. The fuck? Yeah. Kane is yes. Uh-huh. How did they come up with that? Because it's Hebrew. I don't... I don't... Kane. Like, Abel and Kane. Like, I yeah, feel like there had like, to be some sort of, like... Oh, it's different spelling. Okay. So. Anyway. Like, Kane's chicken? Kane's chicken's good. It's also not spelled like that. I like their sauce. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anyway, yes, so we did watch A Serious Man. Uh-huh. Um, I was a bit uh, afraid that it was going to bore you, um, despite your background and the fact that you would probably be able to relate um, on multiple levels. Uh-huh. Uh, but uh, you seem to have enjoyed it. Am yeah. I correct in that assumption? Yeah, I did. I did enjoy it. Um, and uh, it's kind of funny because now we've watched a movie about divorce twice in a row. Oh, we, yeah. We thought we might watch a movie about... Uh, Robin Williams twice in a row. Yeah, I know, but <laughs> so we're, we're just got I know we got to change it up here. Yeah. Okay. So yes, yes, she wanted to get with Cy Abelman, and Cy Abelman was a stud. Oh, letting it breathe, Larry, is so important. Cy Abelman was a fucking prick, so I don't know what was up with that. Your wife told me that you acted very adult. Oh my god. God, he's such a smug son of a bitch. This poor guy. I know, Larry. Oh god, I know. So, yeah, so Larry, um, okay, so let's recap a little bit. So let's do a quick synopsis on it. Let's, um, I'll let you take the, uh, take the ring. 
Okay, rings, so, ring, rings, rings. Um, yeah, so Larry um, is a guy that is kind of stressed out at work or something. No, not a goy. Not a goy. But a guy. A guy. Okay. And for those who don't know, goy means to, means non-Jew. Non-Jewish yes. people. Goy. Um, so he's, he's a dude. He's married. Um, his uh, brother lives on the couch at his home. His wife, like doesn't like him or something and his kids are little shits yes basically like the kids are fine they're just like kind of assholes all yeah. the time uh and then um and then the wife comes home one day and is like yeah i, I uh i've been having an affair with this this man this cy abelman and he says cy abelman and cy abelman's like cy abelman yeah and everyone else says that the entire time too esther is barely cold yeah <laughs> So, but Esther only died three years ago. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so basically, and that's it. And she says she wants to get a divorce. And then she also asks for a get. A get. Which nobody knows what that is. And I also didn't. It's or like, she is an Amun Ra. I don't even see, Again, don't even know. <laughs> and Larry didn't know either. Yeah. What? Yeah, yeah. So basically, she's asking for a ritual divorce. Yes. So a spiritual divorce, mm-hmm. uh, not just a regular one. So she can be with Sai. Um, but then the plot twist happens. So basically, Larry's life starts falling apart. Yeah. But then, like, the big twist is when Cy dies in a car accident. And then somehow yes. that causes everything to go back to normal in a, in a sense. Mm-hmm. Which yes. is kind of strange. That, yes. the, that the other man's death was the catalyst to make everything go back to normal. Mm-hmm. Um, well, so, okay. And then, and then ultimately, the, um, well, the movie ends in a very odd way. You know, it brings... Describe the ending of the movie. So the end of the movie is, you know, all of the burdens and the pressures of this just kind of odd snippet in in Larry, um, his life, this little snippet of his life, all the kind of burdens and pressures kind of um, come down to, you know, uh, his his son being bar mitzvahed, his, you know, uh, grant, uh, granting of tenure at the, uh, at the college that he's at, and... You know, it's just kind of an odd, you know, balancing act of good things and bad things of mm-hmm. this life. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, there are good things that happen. Things uh, are reconciled between people. And then ultimately, I feel like it was just kind of choices that he made um, that really put him down certain paths. Mm-hmm. And so how the movie ended is that he made a certain choice. Yeah. He received his medical bills. He received his legal fees. Um, he received, you know, he was even saying that his wife wanted him to pay for the funeral of Cy Abelman, yeah. which, what the hell. Um, and he received all those, and at the very beginning, um, a disgruntled Korean, uh, student, um, mm. you know, he bribed him with, like, imagine, you know, thousand, ten thousand dollars, something like that, to give him a passing grade. And so anyway, as he's looking at the bill, uh, bills, and as he's looking at the envelope that he still has yet to turn in, um, he kind of caves and makes this decision um, to give the failing student a passing grade. Um, as he does so, he receives a phone call, and it kind of goes back to the very beginning of the film in which he saw a doctor for, you know, what I can imagine is some sort of screening, some sort of cancer screening. Mm-hmm. And uh, a very ambiguous ending because the doctor says, you know, hey, let's come in. I think we should, I think it'd be better if we speak in person uh, to go over your test results. Sure enough, as that's happening, the son is returning um, some money to um, Fagel, and as he's wanting to return the money, Fagel turns around, and there's this giant twister that's coming straight towards the school. So it's just kind of this, like, looming, pending death that is kind of um, on all the characters uh, that you have here. So 
wow, was that like three, four minutes of You're me fine. just ranting on yeah. or whatever? You'll so cut what's, it down. what's your interpretation of the... So here's thing. my interpretation because I, I feel like, and maybe this is a cop-out, I don't know. I, I, I personally think that it, it is, there is really honestly no point to the movie. I, I, I honestly think it is just this, uh, this just kind of gathering of, of circumstances and kind of happenstances uh, in the movie um, that kind of, I feel like the Coen brothers who direct, wrote, directed, and produced this film intentionally put together so that the audience could make up their own minds and, and kind of put that together. And yeah. I, I adore films like that. So, anyway. so what's the point of making a movie with no point? I think that's a good question, but I, I'm just personally just drawn and attracted to those types of movies where, I mean, you really can make your own, you know, uh, you know, you know, points, you make your own interpretations to it, draw your own conclusions okay. and just kind of take everything in. Because I mean, there's a lot of just kind of sprawling, you know, even with the uncle, even with Arthur, you know, and his gambling problem and his, his uh, meticulous or whatever it was, yeah. you know, trying to, and what did you say that Hebrew was? Um, and when you, they were like flipping through the notebook and everything like that, you saw like a... Oh, he wrote the word for God over for and over, God. I mean, which is actually kind of interesting. I wonder, I want to look that up because the, the movie kind of goes into this this one story. Cause so, so he visits the three rabbis. Yeah. And one of the rabbis is telling a story about a goy who had Hebrew carved into his teeth. And I wanna I wanna circle back on that. Okay, make this so point. so the you know, in, in talking about the uh, the fact that um, all Hebrew letters have a numerical value yeah. and it corresponds. And so I'm actually wondering if that particular spelling of the word God, so in Hebrew it says Elohim, the word God, um, has some kind of numerical meaning yeah. that they don't touch on but it's just like a weird little easter egg in the film yeah. i have to look it up because i have no idea but that's just a weird thought that occurred to me and but i anyway. want and i wondered too and i and i feel like i would if, if i would if i ever went to hebrew school and i learned that i feel like i would just be obsessive over seeing words in hebrew yeah and wanting to know what the numerical value yeah. and, and if there's any correlation i mean it's called kabbalah that's like that's kabbalah. what it is yeah like you're high no. Oh God, we gotta add that one. Okay. It's it's very similar and it's oh oh I might add that one to the next list. Okay. I think I am. Anyway, um so here's my I the reason why I think the second rabbi was the most important okay. um of the three rabbis. Each each rabbi basically supports my point that there is no point to the movie. Uh-huh. The second rabbi, you know, you know, the dentist with the guy's teeth. Yeah. There was no point to that story. And yeah. even Larry even calls him out on it. He's like, so what happened? And he's like, what? With the guy? With the what? He's like, he's like, what? And he's like, what? no, what, what happened? He's like, oh, well, what would happen? He returned to life. He yeah. did that. He checked for a while. And yeah. like that, and he returned to life. And he's like, well, why would you tell me the story? Yeah. If there's no point to the story. And, and then he's just like, well, I, I don't know. And, you know, to make you, you know, feel better. And then he's like, well, what is it? What is, what's the meaning? What's the teaching? And he's like, I don't know. You know, help people. Couldn't hurt. Um, or something like that. So again, he's yeah. telling this story with such intricacies and such kind of nuances and such a mystery and such a, you know, depth to it about the guy's teeth and everything like that. And it turns out to be for nothing. Yeah. And, and again, and that's, and then, and so the third rabbi, Marshak, um, he doesn't see him, but his son does his at, son at, does, at yeah. the bar mitzvah. Mm -hmm. And what does he do? He lists the name 
of Jefferson Airplane, uh -huh. which are the musicians of the first song that you hear. Yeah, when that the kids is found. Yeah. yeah, and then and then he started quoting the lyrics. Yeah, and that was it. And then he gave him back his little music box, and he's like, "Be a good boy." Yeah, it's what the fuck? It, that means absolutely nothing. Yeah, absolutely nothing. And another thing that supports my point that there's no and just a little sidetrack knowledge. Your thing is that remember when he's kind of having that like weird dream when mm -hmm. Cy Abelman is dead, mm -hmm. but then he comes back and then bangs his wall. Mm -hmm. Remember, there's like all that writing on the mm -hmm. chalkboard, and he's like, and this just proves that, that you can't really know anything or yeah. something like that. Yeah. I just these things just pop up, pop up, pop up, and it literally has convinced me that there is truly no, no point. single point yeah. to this movie. Yeah, it's just like kind of the uh, a celebration of sorts of like the the complete meaninglessness of life or something yeah. right yeah yeah i know i mean again there there are it, it's surprising because it's not that long of a movie yeah that there are so many characters There's so many things happening and yeah. so many you know just kind yeah. of i mean the the riff that he has with his like very kind of buzz cut very conservative neighbor and like that. i actually really liked the neighbor and at first i was very annoyed by him yeah. but then what i liked was when the um so Clive, the student who's father. trying to bribe the the teacher, bribe Larry. Yeah, his father comes and is, you know, trying to kind of... Coach Clash. Yeah, like, <laughs> stupid. Trying to, you know, like, kind of get Larry to, like, accept the bribe or whatever. And the, the annoying fucking neighbor comes over and is like, hey, is this guy giving you? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then in that moment, I was like, oh, I like him. Yeah, he's, like, no, he's neighborly. I, I mean, was like, like, oh, that is a culture... That's the culture clash. Yeah, really. Is that, like... like? Because that dude probably fought in Korea. I yeah, mean. right? Yeah, so, like... He's, like, a 50-year-old dude in the 60s. Yeah, yeah, so, like, I guess in that moment, I was like, oh, he's just a, he's just a neighbor, and he's Being good, dick, and, you know. and he's just, you know, he... he wants to be left alone and he wants his neighbors to be left alone yeah. and I, I, I do, appreciated I do, that in that moment I so. do kind of favor kind of or not necessarily favor but kind of you know warm up to the neighbor at that point because yeah. it's almost like he's being like protective of Larry yeah be like hey this is like I mean we may have our differences and but shit, this is my guy this is my neighbor yeah. you know this is I know yeah. him better than you yeah you know are you, is this guy giving you trouble exactly and he didn't leave like even when Larry's like no and then he had to like look back and be like, no, actually, we're fine. Yeah, and, and the like, neighbor oh, okay. was just like, what, like making sure like, yeah. everything was fine. Yeah, so that was kind of that was funny. I like that. Well, let me ask you. Oh, let sure. me ask you a question. Here. Okay. So, uh, so how long were you in in Hebrew school? Was it like up until middle school? What was it? No, I went all the way through high school. Oh, wow. um, I didn't start kind of weird. I didn't start Hebrew school till third grade. Okay. But um, yeah, I started in third grade all the way through my senior year of high school. Wow. Yeah. So now, what? What? I mean, was that like just? Every Sunday or Saturday that you went, or it was every Sunday. Okay. Um, the reason why it was on Sunday is because on Saturdays you actually went to temple. Yeah. Yes, Shabbat. You went to temple. Um, so then the next day, Sunday, when it wasn't Shabbat, because you can't work on Shabbat. Yeah. Right. So Shabbat is Friday night to Saturday night. You can't work. My follow-up question yeah. was, um, did, I mean, you saw them. Now there was a time difference. This was in like the late sixties. I mean, did this bring you back at all, or... Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, like, studying for... Like, it was kind of funny, because he was studying his Torah with the record. He had a record on the record player. We had, ca we had cassette tapes. <laughs> oh, Did you just kind of memorize and recite what you heard, or did you actually read the symbols, the Hebrew symbols? Yeah, so I memorized, like, the tune, so to speak. Okay. But you need to know how, because... Because there's pitches that you need to hit, right? Yeah, but you you aren't supposed to memorize prayers or Torah by 
by heart or like by mind or whatever like you're supposed to memorize it by spirit is what they say which is like weird but like basically like you know it but you still have to read it to know it if that makes sense like you're not supposed to know it well enough like to actually recite anything like I couldn't sit here and recite it like off the top of my head Uh but if you had it in front of me and I read it I could do it all you know so it's just kind of like a teaching like you're supposed to respect the text that it comes from and read it so anyway I have, that was deep. And we're still talking about the movie. So, let's, let's, I, so I love this movie. I was quoting this movie. How are you? Um, yeah, no, I really liked it. Uh, and I was actually lamenting the fact, um, you know, that we... Lamenting, I like that word. Right? That we didn't watch it enough. Like, I need to watch it again. <laughs> yeah, really. Like, I really do. Like, because there's, there's a lot going on. I picked on. up on shit. You know yeah. what I picked up on? What? Um, which I think I had, but I just forgot that I picked up on, mm-hmm. was remember when... That weird, like, principal guy, he wasn't a principal, but, like, I, I don't even know, he, like, kept on, like, coming in, he was just all, like, you know, hey, you know, this is not going to affect your yeah, tenure, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. but, you know, I just want to say that there are some things about you being said, Yeah. and then he was afraid that it was Clyde, he's like, is it is it idiomatic? I mean, because I have this disgruntled, he's like, no, 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 they're well-written, you know, almost yeah. articulate, and then he thought it was Cy Abelman, yeah. because he was very articulate, and he was right, and obviously yeah. he could very well be an enemy, and then when Cy died, he comes back a third time, he's like, mm-hmm. he's like, are you still receiving those letters? It's like, oh yeah. So like, who the fuck yeah. was sending those letters? Yeah. And you never know. know. And you, yeah, never, know. you never know. And, it was just and, like and I'm thing. trying to think, who would it be? Do you think it was anyone in the movie? Or I don't know. Like I, mean, I can't imagine know. it being the wife. Um, yeah. And I, I really do not know. It, I don't know either. Again, it just, there are so many things so in the movies thing, yeah. that proves there is truly no point to this yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah. I guess I, I thought one thing, um, and it just kind of rings true, like, for everything, but, like, what I ended up focusing on in the movie was all of the negative things that were happening. Okay. But actually, there were a lot of good things happening, too, so that's kind of interesting. Like, it, it kind of, like, like, forces you to confront that, that, like, you know, they they always say that, like, you're more likely to focus on the bad things than the good things, and even so in this movie, because all of the bad stuff seemed to take so much weight, and I I think they actually purposely kind of put, like, a back burner on, like, the bar mitzvah, which is a joyous occasion, and the tenure, which is a great thing that's happening, and kind of tainted it with all these bad things, and he was focusing on these bad things. Because how it ended, obviously, was on a gloomy note. Yeah, exactly, yeah, so I don't know, it was just kind of interesting um, that... They focus more on the bad than the good when and there were feed, good things happening. And so. to feed on that, you know, remember if you recall in, at the Bob Mitzvah, uh, Bar Mitzvah, I keep on saying bot because you're a girl or whatever, but um, Bar Mitzvah uh-huh. thing where the wife kind of like leans over to Larry yeah. and kind of grabs his arm and yeah. it's like that. It's almost like they kind of like reconnected for yeah. at least a little bit. Um, now, whether that just be through family or whatever, but I mean, Sylvan and Abelman has been dead for a while, but whatever. Yeah, so anyway. they kind of they kind of seem to resolve whatever issue. Maybe who knows for yeah. the interim, and yeah. I guess that kind of doesn't get resolved. They don't get a divorce. You don't know what happens by the yeah, end of the movie, know. and he doesn't tell anyone about what's going on with the the bride and stuff. So you don't mm-hmm. really know. And yeah. and I guess um, you know overall it was just a very like true look at life because yeah. like that is like what your life would look like, you know, just yeah, like fucking crazy shit. Nothing ever gets resolved sometimes, you know. Uh-huh. A lot of times there isn't closure about stuff and, and things just kind of fizzle out and go away. And, and some things uh, are, are very relative. You know, remember mm-hmm. um, uh, Arthur, the, the uncle, um, you know, remember he mm-hmm. like came out crying. He's like, yeah. my life's shit. He's like, you have everything. Yeah. You have so much. Yeah. And, and then you almost kind of look at Arthur 
and saying, like, what are you talking about? And then Larry follows up with that. He's like, Larry, I live at the Jolly Roger. Yeah. My life's falling apart and everything like that. And then, he, but when Arthur starts talking again, you can kind of, you know, be like, wow, even though Larry has such a shitty time right now, you know, you have a family, you have yeah. children, you have yeah. a job, you have a wife. And yeah. I have that. And, and then, again, it's all relative because, yeah. you know, you feel so bad for this guy, but then you're like, well, hell, you know. Yeah. Well, let's get down to our rating. How many... How many Toros would you give? Okay, <laughs> yeah, Toros, perfect. So this movie, oh my wine! I keep giving everything like good ratings. I feel like I need to start being hot harder. Well, no, I don't just give them bad ratings because you haven't given them bad ratings. Well, I want to give this one be true five out of five. Toros. Oh, okay, all right. Yeah, I'll agree with that. Yeah, there you go. All right, very few African American people in this movie. Yeah. Though. Alright, four out of five Toros. <laughs> There's black Jews. Come on. Maybe not in the Midwest, though. Yeah, I mean... Anyway, okay, so four or five Taurus. 4.5 Taurus. 4.5 Taurus out of five. Alright, good. I like it. What's your rating of this one? You love this movie. I was quoting this movie. You I know love this, this movie, movie by heart. I know this movie by not heart. Not by spirit, but by heart. And I can't rate movies. It's hard for me to rate All movies. All right, fair enough. Because they're just so good. But anyway. Good. All right, well, so it was a good pick. It was a good pick. Yeah. It was on your part. Mm. And I'm glad we watched it. I'm glad you were able to be enlightened by a Coen Brothers movie. Yes. Um, but again. yeah, so this I think this was uh, the third one that we've done. Yes, it is. I do believe it wraps it up. So we'll, uh, we'll go ahead and sign off here. Serious man. I am Thomas Jernigan. And I am Morgan Spatola. Thanks for listening. See you next time. Hey.